You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Time once again for instant analysis. This one following Alabama's 20-19 win over the host Texas Longhorns. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL, still inside Daryl K. Royal Texas Memorial Stadium in Austin where the dust has finally begun to settle after an absolutely crazy fourth quarter that saw Bryce Young do Heisman Trophy winner kind of things. Ugly for the most part, though, for Alabama. They'll take the win. You never turn down a road win of any kind. I can tell you, a 105,000 strong here at DKR, and they were at full throat for much of the afternoon. Alabama had something to do with that. Too many mistakes, as evidenced by the 15 penalties for 100 yards. And give Texas some credit. Sark had a plan. You knew he would offensively. Got Quinn Ewers a lot of confidence early. I think Texas, in some ways, as we outlined in the run-up to this game, built in a way where the skill positions are concerned, in which they're a little advanced in comparison to Alabama. I thought that showed up, especially in the first half on Saturday, because Sark has the benefit of a big play, legitimate outside receiver in Xavier Worthy. And while Ewers was still in the game, and boy, you didn't you didn't think that was coming, did you? Another if Colt or if Quinn hadn't gotten hurt scenario. But hey, while Ewers was in the game, it was a problem. Nine of twelve, one hundred and thirty-four yards for the freshman quarterback. Unfortunately for him in Texas, he gets injured. The non-throwing shoulder, it appeared, there in the second quarter, draws a flag on Dallas Turner. Now, I'm not sure the difference between maybe the college and pro rules. First of all, Ewers, and again, it's very unfortunate. You hate to see that happen to him. You hate to see that happen to that team because unlike the McCoy situation, McCoy was the end of the year. That was the end of the season. You're done. Now, if you're Texas, you still have 10 games to go. At least you're hoping for maybe some postseason play in some form or fashion. But Ewers left his feet to make a throw. And Turner was getting pressure, and it just sort of finished in a way that it was almost inevitable what happened to Quinn Ewers. And so you get the flag on Dallas Turner. And at about that point, I had turned to Charlie Potter in the press box and actually said, Charlie, where the heck is Dallas? Where, when are we going to see Dallas Turner? And then that happens right after. Um, but a tough break, obviously. I thought Hudson Card, you know, the way this will be sort of described in future years is that Hudson Card was essentially a, like a middle school quarterback that was thrust into action. Hudson Card's been around, man. This guy's been around this program. He's been around. Made starts last year for Texas in 2021. So, Texas still goes on to throw for 292 yards on 34 attempts. Bryce Young for Alabama, 27 of 39, 213 yards, one touchdown. And when you just look at total yards and a lot of other stats, it is a dead heat. Alabama with 374 total yards, 188 of those in the fourth quarter. So more than half of Alabama's total yards in the game come in the fourth quarter. Alabama through the middle stages of Saturday's game offensively, I don't have I don't have the answers for you. I've got some thoughts as we'll go around this football team, uh, but it was a dearth. What was it? Six six straight punts at one point for uh, 
James Burnup, you had a stretch of five possessions in the second and third quarters, I think it was, for Alabama. Where in five possessions, Alabama ran 16 plays total and didn't total more than 20, 25 yards of offense. That's half the game. And still able to somehow pull out a big victory in Austin, an important victory with SEC implications to come in future years anyway with Texas set to join the league. Now, some areas where Alabama did a pretty good job, I would say red zone defense. You think back to this game in retrospect and you look at the scoring and Brent Auburn, excuse me, Burt Auburn. How about that name for a kicker? I mean, if a kicker for an opposing team has Auburn in his name and he's kicking against Alabama, you're probably thinking he isn't going to miss many. It doesn't seem like opposing kickers miss much anyway against Alabama, but if his last name's Auburn, you know, it's almost got to be automatic. But, you know, Burt Auburn did have the four field goals in the game. Tough for Texas in retrospect, though, and give Alabama defensively some credit for this. Three of his made field goals were from the red zone, and then he had the pull to the left there. I think Nick Saban said post game that maybe Will Anderson got a hand on. I thought he just yanked it. The snap was a little high, and that kind of threw the operation off. But red zone defense ended up being a big thing. Now, Alabama offensively didn't get into the red zone much. Some of that had to do with Jace McClellan ripping off the 81-yarder there late in the first quarter to give Alabama a 10-3 lead. Alabama has two runs of 80-plus yards in the last five seasons or so, and I want to say Jace has both of them. He had the long one at Arkansas in 2020. Remember that? That was mop-up time. And I want to say that was 80-plus, like 85. So Jace has shown some big play potential and ability here during his time at Alabama. But both these offenses early, because running back is such a strength for them, Saw a lot of two-back stuff. Saw it with Alabama, Jameer Gibbs, Jace McClellan in there early together. Uh, They had a big first quarter, had somewhere in the neighborhood of 140 scrimmage yards between the two. Now, over the final three quarters, I think it was more like 61 scrimmage yards. So it wasn't something that Alabama was able to sustain. And then ultimately, your guys on the outside have to make some plays. And at the end of the first half, Alabama's – Starting three receivers in the game, Treshawn Holden, Jermaine Burton, and also Kobe Prentice, three catches for 14 yards. Now, on the other side, we talk about Worthy. Worthy uh, had made an impact with a couple of explosive plays there, especially with Ewers still on the field. Jordan Whittington uh, had made a couple of plays at the wide receiver position. So it was a very wide discrepancy Uh, As far as outside production in the passing game, what I will say is in another area that you like what you saw from Alabama against that Texas run game, you figured Alabama up front would have an advantage and should be able to hold things down with B. John Robinson and Rashawn Johnson and the rest of that Texas run game. We saw a little bit of former Alabama running back Keelan Robinson in the game too. Um, 79 rushing yards for Texas in the game Saturday, just 2.4 yards per carry. Now, Alabama, once you get beyond McClellan's 81-yarder, it wasn't exactly a prolific rest of the afternoon. That was essentially half of Alabama's rushing total on one play, and it gave Alabama in large part that 6.7 yards per carry, which we saw that in the opener against Utah State. The yards per carry looked good. And that had a lot to do with a couple of explosive runs, one by Bryce and one by Jameer. So 
the backs for both these teams, very important, we figured, in the passing game. How about Jameer Gibbs with a team-high nine targets? And look, when Alabama needed it on the extended play there in the fourth quarter, it was Gibbs. It was Gibbs that Bryce Young dialed up, and they were able to connect to give Alabama that 17-16 lead there in the final stanza. So good stuff from Jameer Gibbs, more so as a receiver. He had the one explosive play. I would say that, you know, what opposing defenses are essentially saying in large part, too, as it relates to the receivers and the passing game in general, is that, look, until you show us you can do with these receivers what you've done the last four or five years with those receivers, we're going to be pretty aggressive in how we play you. We're going to man you up more than probably what you're used to seeing. Now, we saw defenses do it last year, too. And they were able to get home in the pass rush before Bryce could always take advantage of Jamison Williams and John Mechie. But, you know, this time around, I think opposing defenses are looking at it from a couple of different standpoints. First of all, we're not afraid of your outside guys. And then we're still going to check under your protection hood a little bit in blitz pickups and things like that. In Alabama right now, it's early, very early in the season but pretty situational in how it has to go about its business, whether it's third and long, first down. I don't get the sense, Alabama, right now, that unless Gibbs is in the route tree on a pass play, they want to have maybe Jace McClellan or Roydell Williams in the game from a pass protection standpoint. And again, situationally, and we can talk about the officiating in this game. We can go back to the Turner play on yours. Um, we can go to the fourth quarter when Alabama came up just short of the line to make on the third down inside the Texas 25. And then, look, you know, we can talk about that, uh, that officiating piece that we saw right there. But you still only needed six inches. And you come out in fourth and inches – and Bryce is in the gun, and it is, I guess, it started out as the pistol, but then I think Roydell joined him alongside, and I'm sitting there waiting for Bryce, and I understand he's 5'11", 180 pounds, but go under center and get six inches is what I'm thinking is going to happen, but no, they don't, and it was, it was blocked pretty well if you go back and watch the play, in fairness to Bill O'Brien, although I'll never, never be able to come to grips with shotgun and fourth and inches, or fourth and goal from the half-yard line, or the one. Um, They had it blocked well enough, but Roydell kind of got his feet tangled up with either Dahlcourt, I think it was Dahlcourt there, maybe Javion Cohen who came into the game for Kendall Randolph. And they come up, you know, the six inches short that they came up on third down, after the review anyway. So, yeah, I mean, the officiating wasn't great. And I think their Texas fans can say the same thing. I still don't know what the hell happened on Bryce's play in the end zone where it was originally ruled targeting and a personal foul. Then we get this explanation from the White Hat that, well, there was a miscommunication and the information being delivered. And so it is a reviewable play. So they go back. So you're thinking, well, it's going to be a safety or grounding um, but it's not. I thought the initial flag was probably grounding. But um, just a bizarre sequence of events there. And so I mean, you had to overcome a lot in this game. And 
you know, one of the things, the biggest thing that I'd say is concerning moving forward, but you're also simultaneously going to be patient is the lack of poise for this team. You know, all those penalties. And we have heard so much about buy-in and accountability, and not just from Nick Saban, but from some of the leaders on this football team. I think it's going to be very important moving forward that, you know, we don't just hear the right things from those guys. They've got to put it on tape from a discipline standpoint, from a, uh, you know, a mindset, not making the mental mistakes over and over again. And I think that'll be something that, you know, how that narrative is delivered in the coming days by both Nick Saban and the players will be something to keep an eye on. So Alabama gets it done 20 to 19. Again, still to work through, plenty to work through, and, and we talk so much about negatives. And at the end of the day, it is a road win in front of one hundred and five thousand people. So, uh, you know, this game actually for a while there, I was sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, this is what Fayetteville used to feel like before Nick Saban early in the season. Remember those games? You'd go out there. Certainly, you tried to forget the 2006 game, or maybe you don't if you're an Alabama fan, but just had that feeling where there were some good things early and then it just settles into not a lot of optimism but you got Bryce Young and give Bryce and his receivers credit not to bang on those guys on the outside too much because when they needed it Trayshawn Holden, Ja'Cory Brooks, Cameron Latou, good to see him back in the lineup had a really nice block on Jace's long touchdown run there against uh, Jalen Gilbo, the slot corner for Texas. That was a nice piece of run blocking by the right side in general. When the game was on the line, those guys stepped forward and did what needed to be done. First and foremost, Bryce carried this team down the stretch, and that's what you expect him to do. He takes on the blitz. He knows it's coming, and we talk so much about this guy's size, but he anchors himself enough to withstand the tackle attempt, and then he hits him for 20 yards to basically set up the game winner from Will Reichard. I mean, when you think about it, um, Bryce on three occasions in the fourth quarter, the offense on three occasions in the fourth quarter really tried to close the game out. Went ahead on the touchdown pass to Gibbs, um, could have kicked the field goal at 17-16 there late. Went for it on the fourth and half a foot, half a yard. Again, I didn't really have a problem even with that. Understanding that Reichert is absolutely money, especially from that distance. But I didn't really have a problem with him going for it there. I just didn't like the shotgun on fourth and a half yard. Um, but Reichert and Bryce make everybody all right in the end. And I'm talking about not just from a player perspective, but from a coaching staff perspective. And you know, Will Riker just absolutely thrives on those moments, it seems like. And I know Nick in the post game talked about it being Will's first game winner, but that doesn't mean he hasn't had some really important kicks already. I would go as far as to say you could put the make in overtime a year ago right up there. Uh, with this one because that extended the game if he misses that one the game's over it wasn't the top of an overtime it was the bottom of an overtime and they needed three points to keep the game alive and he absolutely drilled it at Jordan Hare so good stuff uh, special teams wise I thought James Burnett was okay didn't get a punt blocked right you're a little worried about that I thought punt coverage was good on Xavier Worthy I think he had three returns for 10 yards so you'll take that against him um, and, 
you know, we talk about big field goals and we talk about red zone defense and we get caught up in end of game scenarios, which that's what people remember. I get that. But ultimately, you look at some of these kicks for Texas that were red zone and also the red zone miss there right before the end of the first half. Uh, it, it, it isn't always about when they kick them. It's just, do they make them all? And uh, that was big for Texas. That's where Alabama had a bit of an edge. Now, defensively for Alabama, I wanted to talk some also about linebacker play, man. I, I thought Jalen Moody was really good in the game. Ten tackles. Uh, he had the sack. Um, just active all day long. Again, Sark does some really tough things to match up with. We saw that with Dallas Turner in coverage on Bijan Robinson in the first quarter on that 42-yard pickup for Robinson. That's just that's one you're just not going to win all that often. And, you know, we'll get into some of the cornerback situations. Um, another game, another starter at one of the corner spots. This time it was Kyrie Jackson opposite Kool-Aid McKinstry. Uh, Kool-Aid took his lumps from time to time. Thought he got away maybe with a P.I., thought he got maybe a, a bad rep and, and ended up getting one that he didn't deserve. Uh, he ends up with seven tackles, and, you know, you knew the shots were coming on the outside. Again, when you can go with six and seven man protections, that not only makes it tough for you in the pass rush, it kind of negates a Will Anderson who saw plenty of double teams uh, in the game, to go along with those penalties that he had throughout the afternoon. But you're able to just say, look, we're going to keep seven in because we feel like the matchups are so good for us on the outside. Um, you're going you're gonna to have problems with it. And early on, that was it with Xavier Worthy. I thought they cleaned some things up. I thought Terry and Arnold, as the game went on, we saw him back in there for Kyrie. I thought Terry and Arnold, considering it was his second game at Alabama and in this type of scenario in this situation I thought he did some positive things that you can build on I thought DeMarco Hellams had a nice pass break up there in the second half uh, or in the game on a on a deep ball so uh, there are some positives again between red zone defense run defense uh, a lot of the the, the areas of that side of the ball that you expected to show up did. It was just all the defensive penalties. I think it was 10 or 11, 10 maybe without special teams in there. Um, and, and as Saban said after the game, you know, you can talk about crowd noise all you want, but crowd noise doesn't make you line up off sides on defense or commit the sort of pre-snap mistakes that aren't often – associated with with crowd noise so a lot to clean up coming up this week you got Terry Bowden and ULM set to visit um, Alabama some other minor things or perceived minor things anyway that I would like to see improve I think perimeter blocking from Alabama's uh, wide receivers and, and or backs if they've got them split out there um, you know Bryce averaged five and a half yards per pass attempt on Saturday. That is incredibly low for an Alabama quarterback since 2018. More often than not, we've been talking about Tua, Mack, Bryce, you know, those guys being more around 10 yards per pass attempt. It was actually it was actually Texas that had the big advantage in that regard. So, and some of that comes from the quick game or it has come from the quick game. Just easy throws, quick throws to the perimeter and guys like DeVonte Smith Guys like Jalen Waddell, 
they could block and they would block for each other and that's something i think alabama's got to work on and improve that would help the situation although you know it kind of goes back to that dynamic ability question mark for alabama out there something that also made those aforementioned guys great in that scenario was that even when they didn't get a block they could make that first guy miss so you got a little bit of a two-way situation going on right now with the inability to get over the top and you're not able to make enough people miss there in the open field all in all though you'll take it at 2 and 0 i know you're going to sign you're going to sign style points i kind of think back to that game at florida a year ago and ultimately did it really prove to be a great indicator in terms of the path that those two teams would travel? Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I think we know what happened to Florida from that point forward. But you know, something we did learn from that game in Gainesville is that it's not always going to be easy. And so while this team, this Alabama team, is being talked about in terms of being dominant week in and week out, well, found out in week two, it's probably not always going to be easy for Nick Saban's 16th team in Tuscaloosa either we got plenty of coverage for you at bamaonline.com check us out charlie potter all kinds of coverage coming out of the press box there at daryl k royal texas memorial stadium we'll continue to drop content throughout the evening and into the sunday hours as we typically do and we'll have some recruiting coverage as we always do with tim watts and hank south taking care of you from that perspective as well for now travis ryer checking out from austin and if you uh haven't subscribed to the podcast we certainly hope you will do so easy as a click or two and if you leave us a rating and a review while you're there that would be beneficial to us as well hang out with us at bamaonline.com the roundtable the premium message board of choice for crimson tide fans around the globe until next time so long everybody